Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. No matter how you are misput and put out, if you really walk in divine love, you'll consider the other person no matter what it costs you. And if every pastor said, no, you come on, I'd gone to every one of them. I've got to do that to keep my word. It's no wonder to me that some of you folks' faith never amounts to anything. Your word's no good. You won't keep your word. Your faith never will amount to anything if you don't learn to be a man or a person of your word. Because you see, to get faith to work for you, you've got to believe in your words as well as believing in your heart. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the classic series, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. If, if sickness came my way, and, and several times, to be exact about it, three different times, in these, since I was healed, 1934, three different times, deaths actually come and fast itself upon my body. I won't have time to go in detail in all of them, but I remember I left my last church, went out on the field, field ministry, 1949. Well, you set out to obey God. Don't think it's strange that every devil of hell will be turned loose on you. Because if the devil can keep you out of the will and the plan of God, then he's thwarted to some extent God's will for you and God's plan that would bless others, particularly if you're in the ministry, you see. And I'll be honest with you, in seven-month period, or a few-month period, a five-month period, I fought more devils and more demons and more evil spirits than I had in 15 years of ministry put together times three. <laughs> Multiplied by three. It seemed like all of them dogged my tracks. <laughs> and I, no one relishes being gone from home just as a young man, early 30s, 32 years of age. Children left at home. My wife had to assume all that responsibility. And I just decided that it was too great a price to pay. And so I... Uh, I decided that I'd go back to pastoring. I decided that. <laughs> you see. And so I, uh, I canceled out my meetings at a convention I attended. I knew there were other vendors there. And if it, uh, I said it to the ones where I was supposed to go, if it wouldn't misput you, I'd just like to cancel. What are you going to do? I said, I'm going back to pastoring. I did hold one meeting after this convention because that would be too close a pastor already had advertisement out. I didn't want to misput him. Remember this, if you're a Christian, you always want to be ethical. You want to be a gentleman. Realize this, that you want to walk in love where anybody else does or not, and love always considers the other person before me. No matter how you are misput and put out, if you really walk in divine love, you'll consider the other person no matter what it costs you. And if every pastor said, no, you come on, I'd gone to every one of them. I've got to do that to keep my word. It's no wonder to me that some of you folks' faith never amounts to anything. Your word's no good. You won't keep your word. Your faith never will amount to anything if you don't learn to be a man or a person of your word. Because, you see, to get faith to work for you, you've got to believe in your words as well as believing in your heart. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm telling you the truth about it. 
Amen. Mark 11, 23 said, Whosoever shall say and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. Those things which you say are words. Well, you're certainly not going to believe your words will come to pass when you're acquainted with your words and you know you're not a man or not a person of your word. I'm going to say it again. I've said it before. I'm going to keep on saying it. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that one of the characteristics of, a, of the spiritual pilgrim is one who swears to his own hurt and changeth not. He won't change. If I tell a person I'll do something, if I tell a pastor I'll do something, if a man has my word for it, if he won't let me out of it, if I tell him now God's leading me this way and he said, no, you come on here, I'll go on there. God told me to do that. Are you listening to me? I'm going to keep my word. If I don't keep my word, it'll affect my whole spiritual life. You need to be careful about telling somebody something if you don't believe it. Are you listening to me? Whether you realize it or not, it'll absolutely affect you. I'll tell people the truth every time. I won't tell somebody I'm glad to see them if I'm not glad to see them. I'm not going to start lying. I won't tell them I'm not glad to see them. I'll find some way to say it without violating my conscience. I'm not going to tell somebody they're pretty if they're not pretty. Amen. I'm not going to lie. Say what you want to, it'll affect your faith. Well, that's just being nice. No, it's not. That's being devilish. Your faith won't work because after all, you won't believe in your own words yourself because you never kept your word with anybody. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Amen. Sure get quiet, don't we? <laughs> get down where you're living. It's all right if we're talking about the other fellow, but we get talking about you, you don't get to meddling a little bit. That's something else. Let's see, where were we here in our Bible lesson? Anybody remember? <laughs> well, I, well it, was, well, it was all right with each pastor, so I canceled out. They got them another evangelist. I went ahead and held this other revival for three weeks after this convention. And then I, uh, I had to set up to go preach on a certain Sunday to a certain church. Good church. Strongest church financially, full gospel church in that part of the state. Only one church ran more people than they did. So person-wise, it was second largest church in that part of the state. But financially, it was the biggest one. They paid their pastor the most. They had the most money. They did the most for missions of anybody else. The board said to me, oh, Brother Hagin, I don't know you held revival. It really may not be necessary for you to come preach, but some of the, we've got some new ones in since you was here a couple of years ago to hold revival, so come preach for us on Sunday. But the board said to me, we'll just almost guarantee it. You see, Brother So-and-so, one of the former pastors that you preach for, he recommended, whoever he recommends, well, you know, I mean, if you want it, well, you've got it. But I had one Sunday off before I go there and preach. So on this off Sunday, my wife and I, went over to visit a neighboring church in a neighboring town. I'm sitting in the Sunday school class and I can tell you exactly what the lesson was about that Sunday. <laughs> I 
pastor had this Sunday school. They tried to get me to teach it. I wouldn't teach. Two other pastor preachers were there, ordained ministers, and they wouldn't teach. We said, well, we'll help you. You go ahead and teach it. You didn't know we was coming anyway. We just slipped in on him. The lesson was about Moses and the children of Israel. About Moses disobeying God and smiting the rock twice, you know, and so what? <laughs> Well, I'm pretty well authority on disobeying God, you know, because I just got through disobeying Him. You know, I decided. And so I'm sitting there while the Sunday school teacher, while the pastor's teaching this class, and I'll tell you the truth about it. I, I, my heart stopped beating right in my bosom, and I fell off the pew right in the floor. I barely was able. Why did I really start to get up when I passed out and fell. I, I managed to get my hand up under my nose just to keep mashing it on the floor. <laughs> and I did temporarily pass out, just blanked out, just went out. I pitched out right there at the, at the pastor's feet. Well, he reached down and picked me up. And these other two preachers sitting there on the front pew, they jumped up and lifted me up on the seat, you know, and, and uh, set me down. And I said, uh, and they, everybody started praying. I said, take me out. I, I began to feel no better fast. And I said, I, you know, one of the pastors, come go with me, you know, take me out to the parsonage next door. And they virtually carried me out there. And I laid down the bed there in the, in the parsonage. And uh, I said to this minister, with me, feel my heart. Now, it started up again. It stopped. It just flat stopped. But when it started up again, it wasn't a, you couldn't distinguish any beats. It was racing, evidently. Just, I mean, you could, uh, you, you could actually put your finger in here and my, my neck. You couldn't feel a beat. You could feel the puff. You couldn't feel a beat. If you felt over my heart, you could feel a little something just quivering. That's about all. And I was getting cold all over. And so I, I said to them, feel my heart. When he felt my heart, he started crying. He ran out and got these other, the other preacher and the pastor. And they came on. He said, feel me his heart. And they felt in my heart. And, and they started crying. They said, later, we just knew you was dead. <laughs> well, I began to pray in other tongues. And on the inside of me, way down in my spirit, it just, something just rose up in me, enlightenment. It began to take shape and form, and I, I knew, of course I knew in a sense already I'd missed God, but I saw how badly I'd missed him. How I'd gotten disobedience and got on the devil's territory where he could attack me. No, God didn't send it on me. And I said to the Lord, Lord, all right. I promise you, among other things in my prayer, I said, I promise you this. Longest day I live, I'll never entertain the idea of pastoring a church again unless you put it into me. I won't entertain it in my mind at all unless you put it into me. Now, I knew I had my part done. I had my part done. But then there rose up something else in me. And I knew on the inside of me, inward enlightenment, you see, that my wife had a part to do. I didn't know she hadn't said a word to me. I said to one of the preachers, one, get my wife quickly. Well, he ran out to the Sunday school building next door, went to the ladies' Bible class and looked in, and already the Spirit of God had, had alerted my wife. She didn't know why, but I'm talking about being led to the Spirit. On the inside of her, she had this alarm. She knew, didn't know how she knew, but she knew something was wrong with me, and she was already gathering up her Bible and her purse and her Sunday school book and getting ready to leave the room, see, when she saw this gentleman came in motion to her. 
Well, he told her something of what happened. So she came to the room and fell down on the bed and said, Dear God, fell down by the side of the bed and put her hands on me and said, I, I feel like it's my fault. Well, I could see then. The Lord didn't tell me. He, I, he just, I just knew I had to get her to come stand with me. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer. The book, Where is God in My Storm? by Ken Hagan and the CD series, How to Live Worry-Free, also by Ken Hagan. Both are just $19.95. Call now and get this offer at this special price. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. It seems that as we are on this program and as we go around to different places and travel. I mean, we do at least one crusade a month. We travel overseas. We have big meetings. We get emails of people that uh, when we pray, they, they, they pray the prayers with us. Or they, they, we get emails talking about that they got, they got the product and how it helped them. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying all of that is because I want to thank all of you Word Partner Club members. Now, what is a Word Partner Club member? A Word Partner Club member is somebody that s- partners with us to pray for us mm-hmm. and then monthly to send a, a financial gift, That's whatever right. they can afford to send. And and if you want to find out about it, you can go to rhema.org slash WPC and it'll tell you yes. all about it. But you are helping us to touch the world. Make plans to join us next week at this same time and station for more of the series, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth E. Hagan. That's next week here on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.